Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Seriously, man, you don't really think we're going to see any Canutes and 41 Rockies jerseys here at Coors Field, do you? I mean, no offense, I know you're a local and all, but that was a long time ago. You never know. I've seen some old guy jerseys around here, haven't you? In fact, I actually heard from a really good source. You mean you saw it on Twitter. Whatever. I heard that Chad Cool's wearing 41 now for the Rockies because he grew up a Milwaukee Brewers fan and he watched me wearing number 41 back in the day. That, you know, that's pretty cool, right? I see what you did there, Mark. Yeah, okay, wait. Look, he's right over there. Let's just go ask him. Well, you know, we probably shouldn't bother him. What do you mean? We're media. That's our job. Follow me. Uh, okay, but, but let me ask him. Hey, Chad, I'm Mark Knutson. This is Manny Randall. We do a podcast called the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. He came up with the name. Congrats on your great start to the season. Are you liking it here? He's got a question for you, Chad. Okay, I heard somewhere that you're wearing number 41 here as a Rocky because, you know, I wore it a while back. A long okay, while back. Okay, whatever. I wore 41 in Milwaukee, as I'm sure you know, since I heard you grew up a Brewers fan and all. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, grew up in Delaware. Um, you know, kind of watched the Phillies kind of growing up, but uh, never really heard of you. So when they gave me 41, I don't think it really had some uh, significance behind it. Sorry. Yeah, what's what show am I on? It's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Manny, it's uh, draft time. And we're here at Coorsville watching the Rockies, but the Rockies are watching prospects right now. Um, and I, I had this interaction with Bud Black a few weeks ago where I, I said something offhanded about, you know, we should draft more homegrown pitchers. And he goes, I agree. I think we should. Do you think that's realistic that the Rockies might draft more homegrown pitchers? Oh, absolutely. I think the Rockies, uh, that's one thing the Rockies, I think, have always been kind of on the lookout for is guys that they can uh, draft, you know, out of Colorado because of uh, some, really what we're going to talk to one of them about. Um, one of the guys that is out of Colorado who is now on the Rockies, in the Rockies uh, pitching staff. It's a matter of familiarity, and it's a matter of comfort. It's a matter of being able to weather the storm, so to speak, of altitude when you um, when you kind of have done it before and been there and done that. Yeah, you know, I, I was the first one to do that here. I, I also had a chance to pitch at Miley Stadium for the minor league team. This was normal. Mm-hmm. This was, I, I, and I think Ty Block tells us later on that it's easier. It is easier to back off at. at, at sea level and change how you approach that is to do it in reverse but Rockies now have three on their staff it'd be nice if they added more we're gonna try to talk to all three of them today yeah and you know it it's something that you know this team has to figure out how to win and it's it's hard enough to to win up here without um you know making decisions that have cost them in the recent years and and one of the areas is, is homegrown pitching. One thing they've been able to do, like Kyle Freeman with others, um, they've been able to develop guys who can do it. And, you know, they obviously signed Freeman to an extension here recently, and I think that was a good move because he knows how to pitch here, even though this year has been really Jekyll and Hyde up and down. Um, but overall, he know, he's shown that he can do it. And I think that, that once you figure out, you know, the pitching has always been the bugaboo, right? Um, lately, it's been hitting more, but overall in the history of the Colorado Rockies, it's been pitching. Um, and once you figure that part out, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to, to get some more W's on the board. Totally agree. Hopefully, uh, we have some good words from the guys that, uh, that are doing it currently right now. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. 
Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. We're back on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Mark Knutson, Manny Randall works with Ty Block, graduate of Regis Jesuit High School, Colorado native. You know, I was the first native to pitch for this team, but certainly not the best. You guys have all passed me by. By the way, the apparently Chad Cool wears 41 because of this. No, well, <laughs> we, we debunked that one already. Anyway, um, I was talking to Bud the other day. And I, I mentioned something about the draft coming up. I said we should draft more Colorado guys. And he goes, I do too. I think it's it's advantage. How much advantage is it to you to having pitch, grown up pitching in this climate and then come back and have to deal with this? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we kind of know what to expect yeah. when uh, when we're pitching here. We know we got to keep the ball down. We got to be able to throw that sinker and be able to change speeds and know we're not going to get as many swing and misses because not going to have as much break in the ball. So you learn to kind of pitch to soft contact. And uh, I think it's a big advantage for guys to – kind of grew up in that and training i train in it in the off season so i know what to expect how my ball yeah so i know how my ball is going to move and what it's going to do and how to go about it so essentially this is normal for you and when you go to sea level you got to adjust the other direction which i always found was easier yeah it's easier you know your ball's going to break more you're going to have more snap on things and uh that's that's just kind of how it is so you just kind of learn to make it little adjustments here or there which is easy as a pitcher and uh uh not too big of a deal it's a little harder for the hitters i think um, but for the for the pitchers, I think it's one of those things you can kind of make an adjustment about halfway through that first day of playing catch on the road. I imagine too, on the flip side of that coin, it's easier to handle the frustration or, or, or the when things go south because you've been there before, a lot more before. Whereas maybe a guy who comes from out from another place comes here and it starts happening, he's like, "Oh man, I heard about this, and now it's all in my head and it's slow, it's snowballing." Is it easier for you to deal with the setbacks when it happens? Uh, it can be, but it, it still sucks every time. You know, it's one of those things where you go out there and you get hit around and you're like, man, like, I feel like I pitched really well and got hit or you didn't pitch well and you got hit and just one of those things. And so it can be frustrating uh, on guys, but I think you kind of come to expect it a little bit. You kind of know in the back of your mind, like, hey, like there's going to be things that, that happen in this park in particular that uh, not always ideal for, for pitchers, but uh, you just kind of keep plugging along and keep trying to execute pitches. How much of it, too, is I know I know some of the more successful pit- pitchers here, Jorge De La Rosa, others, they have really, I, th- I think, tried to put numbers out of their mind. Um, like, you know what? A quality start here is not, a, is not is, is different than a quality start in San Francisco or wherever. Um, do you look at it that way as well? Yeah, I think you do. I think you kind of look at the numbers and you always understand they're going to probably be inflated here just because the ballpark's so big, you're going to give up a lot more hits. And then when the ball carries, you know, you get a, give up a ball in a barrel, it's got a good chance of being uh, damaged. So um, you kind of understand that there's going to be some inflation in some of your numbers here, but uh, you just kind of go about it and keep trying to execute pitches and uh, let the defense make some good plays for you. Yeah, you did, and I'm going to say this, you didn't know that we were going to talk about the economy here. We just got inflation in this, so we can put hashtag inflation when we tweet this out. Okay, um, I was, for instance, whip is a new one of Manny's new stats he invented. I did um, not. <laughs> but uh, it's not going to look good here because you're going to get those hits. But it always takes it takes three hits to get a, to score a run, mm-hmm. any ballpark. If you're not walking people, so how much of a premium do you put on? Not obviously not issuing those base on balls. Yeah, that's huge, mm-hmm. and I think uh, something that uh, all of us kind of know as a staff. It seems like any time we give up free bases, those runs, especially here, seem to score. So uh, we really try to go out as a staff and execute pitches and uh, get ahead and attack and. And put the hitters on defensive and uh, not give them too many free opportunities, uh, chances to swing at, uh, you know, pitches and leverage counts. You, you grew up here. Um, you had normal. You just breaking ball was normal. You go to San Francisco now, obviously, and you got to change the way you do things. The ball's breaking more. You, you, this, this is this is better. Then you come back. How hard was the readjustment back to? Okay, this is how I pitched when I was a kid growing up here. 
Uh, I don't think it's been that much of an adjustment just because uh, coming off Tommy John surgery, everything's kind of new for me again. So I almost feel like a different pitcher than I was when I was in the big leagues last time. And so uh, just like understanding how my stuff playing now, how uh, the ball is moving, how it's coming out of my hand, uh, it's not the same as it was, you know, three or four years ago. So kind of learning how to readjust for me, it hasn't been, you know, anything that I've had to do anything different than I have been training since I came back from surgery. So. What <clears throat> I know you guys have to kind of tune out the, the noise and the national uh, kind of uh, perspective about Coors Field and how things go here, but if there's one thing that really bugs you about when you're watching ESPN or something they talk about Coors, what would that be? I think the biggest thing is I don't think that people understand that we have to play in two completely different environments, uh, whether we're at home or on the road. Right. And I think that uh, from... A perspective of a baseball player we understand how difficult it is to make adjustments uh, it's hard enough to play this game as it is um, especially from a hitting perspective I think those guys are the ones that get a bad rap all the time uh, and what happens is you know these guys come here and they see pitches that aren't breaking as much then they go on the road and all of a sudden ball has more carry it's got more depth on breaking balls that's a really hard adjustment for guys to make so I think that's something that people don't really take into account. They just think, oh, they play at Coors Field. They should be the best hitter ever because their numbers should be inflated. But in reality, they're, they're having to face two completely different environments every other week when we're at home and on the road. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't grasp uh, the concept of. But uh, it's just something you have to deal with as a player here. You grew up coming to games here. When you became a free agent after the surgery, and they called. Any hesitation at all in signing with the Rockies? Uh, it was a great opportunity for me. I was just looking for a chance to get back to the big leagues and, uh, you know, just to show that I was healthy and could pitch. And uh, I was really grateful for the opportunity to come here. And uh, it's always been my dream to be here. So uh, it's pretty special for me to be able to put on this Rockies uniform. Did you want to be day. drafted by the Rockies? I did. Yeah, I thought it would be really cool. And uh, it's just one of those things that just kind of worked out differently. And um, but I'm really grateful for the time that I did have with the Giants and the Orioles to, to help get me where I am. And uh, I think it definitely has helped mentally prepare me for uh, the task at hand now. There's only three or four of us that want to be drafted by the Rockies. <laughs> who, uh, who was your guy or guys when you were growing up with the, Rock, uh, with the Rockies? Uh, my, my favorite player was a big cat, Andres Galarraga. Um, That's right, little cat. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was always kind of fun for me, uh, being able to follow him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, then obviously uh, Todd and Larry and uh, Dante. I got to know Ellis Burks uh, really well in, in San Francisco. He's one of our assistant coaches over there. So getting to getting to be around those guys is really cool. Um, you know, just having a relationship, seeing Vinny in the clubhouse every day. It's a lot of fun uh, just for me to be able to, to be around those guys and, and guys that I grew up, you know, idolizing, and now now I'm uh, right there along with them. Did you ever go to games at Mile High Stadium? Oh, yeah. I remember uh, opening day, 1993. I was wow. I was about two and a half, so uh, yeah, I remember, I remember, I just remember sitting down the right field line um, kind of over here, and just, uh, just I just remember, like, the, I don't really remember the environment, but I remember, like, the visuals of it. And, well, it was a good thing he wasn't starting that. Yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> see how Dante would have run, run, uh, run I almost killed Dante. You, uh, not, not me, um, David Justice almost killed Dante, thanks to me. Um, but, yeah, you weren't around for the Atlanta series, I'm hoping. You don't remember the Atlanta series that year? Uh, if you I, do, they were I, all losses. Yeah, they were. <laughs> you don't, just pretend that didn't happen. Yeah, okay, okay. Because um, you, you, you can understand. Um, if you had to talk to any of the draft eligible kids from Tay Regis or anything, and they have hesitations about coming here, what would you tell them? I'd tell them that hey, like it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge, but I think there's a lot of really good people in place here in this organization that understand that challenge and have really helped 
equip us as a pitching staff, as a team, to be able to take on uh, the beast that is Coors Field. And uh, I think that there's a lot of really good people here. Uh, they're doing things the right way, and uh, it's a really good group of people to be around. So I think that's been awesome for me. That's awesome. And, you know, Regis didn't win it this year. You know, I don't know what happened. Have you talked to Coach Dart? You know what happened? How they fell short? Because they were up there all year. Uh, you know, I, I was actually texting with their pitching coach this morning, and uh, he was kind of sharing with me some of the stats and uh, really proud of those guys uh, for how they pitched and, and how they hit this year. It's a really good group of kids, and uh, I know they didn't get where they wanted to be, but uh, it was a really good team to be able to follow. He's clearly blaming the defense because he said the way they pitched and hit. He's clearly blaming the defense, and I, I get it. I'm yeah, a high school coach, I understand. Honestly, yeah, fielding independent pitching man. That's why they got fit. Yeah, strip out the defense. Yeah. The picture he, he invented all these new stats. Yeah, I love it. Uh, no, that's a great program. Obviously, there's a lot of great programs. Of course, uh, your teammate Lucas Galbraith's team came that close to winning it. Yep. Um, lost to their neighbor Broomfield, but um, that has to be is it fun for you guys to be here and follow high school baseball. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's hard when Do you're. Lucas have any kind of. Yeah, we, we yeah we, we haven't uh, we've been just kind of like supporting each other through the year and uh, it's kind of fun just because uh, both of our teams were one and two in the yep. state for a long time uh, throughout the year so we're always kind of like checking in with everybody and I help out with all the practices in the off season at Regis and go help with the pitchers so for me it's kind of fun to be invested in those guys and, and see what they're doing and uh, a lot of them have really bright futures ahead of them. Oh, they, I saw a couple of them in the top fifty game last week and yeah a lot of them have, they have some very bright futures big guys yes big guys. All right. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. As always, good luck. Uh, keep keep getting better. I guess a rehab assignment is on the, on the docket? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, probably head to Albuquerque next week, get a few outings in, and uh, hopefully be back. All right. Well, we'll look forward to it. Thank All you. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Catching up now with uh, Lucas Gilbreth, the product of Legacy High School up north, where, as Herb Brown used to say, we take things a little slower. Um, Lucas and I have tread a lot of common turf. I lived by Legacy. My daughter went to Legacy. I know you're proud of those roots. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, being from up north, especially, there's there's not as many guys as definitely down south. And for me, it, it's it's been awesome, and it's been awesome to see some of the things going on up north. Some of the guys coming out of those areas, the successes of Legacy and Broomfield this year, even in the uh, state tournament. I think it's been awesome for me to see, and awesome to see what it's been able to become. Because when I was there, I mean the caliber of baseball wasn't quite there yet and it was starting to come along when I was in high school and just to be able to see some of these kids and what they've been able to do in the past couple of years has been awesome for me. Yeah it's, it is a lot of fun to see 5A baseball come up there. I talked to Ty Block earlier and you, know, you guys had a little Regis legacy thing going on there because yes. Regis got the top of the rankings there for a while. Absolutely absolutely yeah I think Ty was giving me a hard time and uh, obviously legacy had an incredible year and it's probably one of the few years I can genuinely say, oh, Legacy was better than Regis. Even when I was in high school, no, I mean, no. we had some good years. Uh, we played well against Regis, but just the talent they usually have and for us to be able to compete and come out on top against a team like Regis is unbelievable, in my no, opinion. No, when I, listen, when I was in high school, there was no Legacy. There was no Horizon. There was no Mountain Range. There was Northland. I'm a Northland guy. Yep. We, uh, we had Northland Thornton, and we, you know, we were the second biggest school in the state, Northland, back then. So it's oh, amazing the, the progress. Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, both my parents went to North Glen, and obviously Horizon came around first, I believe. But, yeah, for those schools being relatively new, and, and Legacy is obviously a big school now, it's been cool to see um, just the schools up north, you know, getting more kids, becoming those 5A schools, being able to compete in different sports, I think is awesome because there's there's a lot of talent up there, and I think obviously Colorado's grown so much over the last few years. It's, it's good to see some of that talent kind of spread out and, you know, it's it's good for competition. It's good to see different teams in the state tournament every year, which is which is awesome. 
and the facilities at Legacy. It's just spectacular. The, the, the people who built that place figured out, laid it out so that with all those athletic fields, it's just fantastic. I mean, there's, there's no waiting. You get, you know, three baseball fields and a softball fields and football fields. They got everything. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, obviously, the setup has been perfect and being able to have the JV fields there, the softball fields there, even the football fields and the soccer fields they've got laid out. It, it, it's a great facility and it, and it, it, to me, gives them a lot of opportunity to help develop, to help, you know, Ty wants to keep a lot of players around so that guys can continue to develop. Maybe they're not quite ready as a freshman but when he's able to keep as many guys as he is because of the facilities it's it's awesome to give kids an extra chance that leads into the next point i was talking to bud uh, a month or so ago about this and i said you know he was talking about i'm coaching up there now coaching broomfield and the whole hometown kid plan here the fact that you and i and kyle and ty and everybody else who's come through here this how we grew up this was normal the ball broke normally there yes. wasn't you didn't worry about oh i'm not my slider's not breaking anymore this is how it broke so you'd make the reverse adjustment when you went down to sea level, or in your case up to Minnesota, you yep. make the adjustment. But it's easier to come back. It's e- I think it's an easier adjustment than the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it's funny because like I went to sea level, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is weird. You're this back is off. yeah, this is not the normal. Like for me, it was crazy. And then even in high school, when we'd play tournaments in Florida or whatever, I was like, what the heck? What's yeah. what's this? But you can't control it sometimes. Yeah coming back here it's like this is the way I'm used to things working this is the way I'm used to the ball moving and that's like I think for me Kyle and Ty like it's just something that even subconsciously this is the normal for us so it doesn't necessarily give us that shell shock that I think especially some of these other teams you see coming from you know San Diego Mm -hmm. they've grown up in California or whatever they come out here and they're like oh my gosh this is crazy and it's like it's that, still baseball. It's that was always Don different. Baylor's vision from the very beginning of the Rockies, as you know, growing up here. Yep. You know, let the other team be fearful of the conditions, not us. Yeah. And, it, and it's always worked that way. And and now we got uh, three pitchers, three left-handers, which, you know, we'll figure a way to overcome that, but yes. three left-handers uh, on the staff. Bud would like to have more. I, I asked him point blank, would you like to see more hometown? Yeah, he said, absolutely. More guys that, that aren't intimidated by this. Yeah, absolutely. I think, to me, just having those guys from Colorado – that know what it's like here. I think that I think that's a huge advantage to an extent. Obviously, I'd love if we had even more. And I think we've got some guys in the minor leagues that, you know, I've been throwing well and showing some promise. And I think it's great just to have guys that, you know, the mental side of it's obviously huge. And when you're used to it and you've grown up here, you kind of take that mental factor out of it because that's your normal. And I think it's great to have those guys. When you were in Albuquerque, obviously you get a lot of guys who, who just come up from either from the East Coast or whatever. That was their first introduction to altitude. What'd you tell those guys? Yeah, I think uh, Lancaster to me, which we no longer have, was like the first time when I was playing with guys and they were like, this is unbelievable. The ball flies, this happens, that happens. But at least there it's kind of at sea level. Albuquerque, a lot of the guys I talked to, I, I tried to tell them it's it's not necessarily going to change anything. I was like, you just have to change your, your approach to an extent. I was like, you still have to attack the zone. You still have to be aggressive. But you just have to know, okay, maybe this isn't going to move as much. Maybe at sea level, this is my swing and miss, put away pitch, wherever I throw it. I was like, here, you actually have to pitch. That's the biggest difference to me is when you get to altitude, when you get the dry conditions, you actually have to pitch, which sounds funny. But the way the game's been going the last couple of years, there's a lot of guys that just go out there and it's stuff. I'm going to throw hard. I'm going to spin the ball. I'm going to do this and that. But um, here in Albuquerque especially, it's like even Vegas, you have to actually go out and you have to pitch both sides yeah. of the plate. You have to work up and down. It's it's really, to me, not that much more difficult. It's just a different mindset. 
Oh, talk about Tom Glavin told me one time a long time ago in that locker room. He said, "You know, I'm never more sore than I am the day after I pitch here." I never felt that. I came from here, came back from spring training, never a problem. Yes. But guys, obviously, conditioning is a big thing for guys. What do you tell those guys? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the one thing that people don't talk about enough. And I think I'm glad you brought it up because we even talk to guys on the other team, and they'll be like, "Man, I drew one inning, and I'm dying out here." And, that's the biggest thing, and I think I'm, I, I don't know the exact science of it, but obviously the altitude and the thin air has something to do with it. But, yeah, for me, even when we really dove into, like, some of the recovery stuff, like, I recovered just almost just as well here as anywhere else just because this is what my body's used to. And, you stay here in the off-season, right? Yes, and I live here in the off-season. And, so does Ty. And so does Ty. And even, like, Marquez moved here this last off-season, and I thought it was a great idea just to start to get your body ready. But the biggest thing for me is obviously sleep and quality of sleep. And that's not the easiest thing in the world, but I've talked to a lot of guys about, you know, like getting a humidifier, making sure it's cold, that, just little things like that because the sleep is huge here. Well, and, and, you know, the best athletes in the world come here to train, right? They, they come to the Olympic Training Center or whatever. They come here to train. So they're preparing high altitude training, preparing you for better, yes. being better condition. This should be, in my opinion, the best conditioned pitching staff in baseball. Absolutely. I think, like we talked about, like you can look at Coors Field as a detriment or as an, as an advantage. And to me, it's an advantage because this is our home turf. This is what we get to practice on. This is what we get to work on. And other teams don't have that luxury. They come here and they're, they're going to be shell-shocked every time. But to me, we should be prepared for this. We should be ready for this. And it should be an advantage every time we play here. Yeah, I, I've always felt that. And I've always talked to everybody that would listen that players should live here, you should train here in the offseason, get your body acclimated. It takes six months, they say, to acclimate. Yes. So if you're coming up here after spring training, you're not going to lose it on a two-week road trip. No. But, and you're not yes. going to lose it in six weeks of spring training. But you've got a condition here all year round. And I think... Based on some of my discussions, I think a lot of people in the organization are starting to think that too. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely been more of a push for guys to stick around here and train here. And um, obviously, the facility in Arizona is awesome, and sure. that's a that's a good spot too. But being able to work out here and do conditioning here and work in you know your strength and conditioning stuff, I think that's awesome to get your body acclimated. Because like you said, you're not going to lose it in two weeks. But if you can build that base in the off season. Next thing you know, you're in the middle of the season. You don't have as much of that fatigue that, you know, normally another guy would from coming here and not being used to it. Cardio is not what it used to be. When I played, it was running. We just did yeah. poles, right? You, you, know, you guys all have machines. But I would go to Florida for spring training, and I would be running circles around guys. And, you know, I get the whole, you can't run the ball to the plate, which is yeah. true. But nonetheless, being in better, there's no downside to being in better condition than the other guy. No, absolutely. That, you said it perfect. It's There's there's no downside. And, and I've even noticed, and I've talked about it with Bard and some of those guys, like, when we go to San Diego, it's like, oh, I feel great. Like, I can do this. I can throw every day in San Diego. And like a lot of us, I think, I, I threw th all three days in San Diego. A couple other guys threw all three days. And it's like, your conditioning here has prepared you for when you go to sea level. Yeah, you feel great. And it's, it's almost easier in a sense. And that's where I think being able to work out here and get the experience here can help you both at home and on the road. So what are your goals for the rest of this season? Obviously, you've got yourself a pretty solid spot in the bullpen right now. Do you see yourself staying there? Because, you know, you can't use lefty relievers like you used to come in and face one yes. guy, so it's a little different role. Yeah, I think for me it's just I, I'll, I take the opportunities when I get them, and I think um, hopefully I continue to get those left-handed opportunities. And I, I think it's big, especially in the NL West, with all the lefties and all the very good hitting lefties. I think, it, I think it's good to be able to – hopefully have that guy to come in and kind of get you out of some jams here and there or even you know with San Francisco be able to flip the lineup in a sense I think for me to be able to come in and 
get all the lefties out and bring all the righties in like the Giants do. I think that helps the rest of the game if you look at the big picture. So I'm hoping I can continue to work in that role. And, and to be honest with you, I'll do whatever helps the team win, whatever facet that can be. If that means coming in in the fourth inning to get the starter out of a jam or getting a clean eighth inning and getting us an opportunity for Bard to close out the game. Whatever it takes, I think I think everybody here is just on board. We want to win games, whatever it takes. Spoken like two, two Colorado and the pride of Legacy High School. Lucas Gilbert, thanks very much for giving us some time. Thank you very much. Right, I take appreciate care. Take it. Care. Here now with uh, the dean of the Colorado lefties, Rockies rotation, Kyle Freeland. Kyle, uh, just talking to Lucas Gilbert and earlier Ty Block, the Regis guys, the Legacy guys, they're giving, giving you a hard time about TJ's uh, dissension in high school baseball yeah you know uh we actually got a, a new coach tommy cowan who was actually my coach when i was on the feeder team for tj i think in seventh grade wow. so he's he's uh, i've talked to him he's doing he's he's starting to do a lot of things to you know help turn that program back around and get it get it more on the winning side and the consistent winning side so definitely excited to see him do his thing out there i know he's really excited to to be a part of it just because he went through that program at TJ uh, when he was playing there, and now he's now he's back coaching. A lot of good uh, athletes coming out of that school. Historic John Stearns went to TJ. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of guys came out of there. You know, went to college, some went pro. Um, but it's nice to know that you know TJ has history in the department of, of professional athletes and collegiate athletes. Um, definitely want to you know get back to that spot where they're consistently turning You're out. You're at the top of that totem pole now. Obviously, hometown here with the Rockies. Talked to Ty and Lucas. Um, talking about the advantages of being Colorado. You and I've talked this before about being from Colorado. Being, this being your normal, this being what you're used to. Yeah. Um, the idea of having three of you, three left-handers to boot yeah. from from Colorado here. That's it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I mean, usually you don't you don't get uh, a lot of guys. One from Colorado, two, all three uh, pitchers left-handed, okay. and uh, being able to play for their hometown team, which is which is super exciting, super rare. So we, you know, we we make sure that we're playing with that, you know, on our shoulders, um, and you know that we represent Colorado well and, and, and Denver. You've always been doing that since day one here. You've been doing that. Yeah. Um, are they sense anything from those two about being a little sheepish about it? Maybe the attention because you've embraced it from day one. Yeah, no, I think I think they embrace it. You know, just as I just as I did. Uh, you know, Lucas came through our through our system. Uh, Ty Block, you know, signed in free agency. You know, he's been you know with the Giants, Orioles. Um, you know, he's been in the big leagues for for a little bit of time. But I know him being him being able to come home and, and play for the Rockies. I know he embraces that a ton, and he really enjoys it. Just talking to Lucas about the conditioning situation, the fact that. Um, you guys are, should be, in my opinion, the best conditioned pitching staff in all of baseball. Um, used to these conditions, you obviously are. Do you sense that? Do you guys feel that? Do you take pride in the idea that you're the best conditioned pitching staff in baseball? Yeah, you know, I, I think we do, and I think we understand the elements at play where we're playing half our games, you know, here at altitude where, you know, breathing's not easy, recovery isn't easy at all. Um, so it, I think it gives us one an advantage here and then also an advantage when we go on the road where, you know, we're, we can recover, you know, even better when we're, when we're on the road and, you know, when we're out on the mound and we're, you know, grinding through a game, inning, whatever, you know, we can still feel, you know, fresh legs underneath yeah. us and, you know, have our, have our breathing, you know, be much easier. In terms of stuff, we've all, all gone through this. This was normal for me and for you and for everybody else growing up here. This was normal. The ball broke a normal amount here. How hard is the adjustment? The sea level when the ball's breaking more how, how hard is it to back off um it's, it's i wouldn't say it's a it's a back off um i think it, it's just your small adjustments that you have to make from home road and road to home of knowing where you need to start pitches where you need to finish pitches um and understanding how your stuff is on a break um at altitude and at sea level so 
Is it an easy adjustment in reverse? Adjustment coming back home, especially, you know, for a starter like myself. If, if, I, th if I throw a bullpen on the road, say in San Fran, I know my stuff is going to be dancing in that bullpen and knowing that I got to come back here and pitch where it's not going to be, you know, as as a... Uh, what kind of adjustments do you make? Uh, like I said, you know, starting positions, know, knowing where I need to start a pitch um, to get the movement that I want with the amount of movement that I'm going to have here at altitude. Those are just a really small adjustments that I make. It's nothing drastic because when you start making drastic changes in your arm slot, hand position, stuff like that, one, injuries can, can creep up, and two, you're basically thrown out of two different two different slots. So you want to stay away from that. You remember Steve Reed? Mm -hmm. You're a Rockies fan from way back. He, he grew up in Montana, and he used to tell me that you know, he's using sidearm and all that, but he said he would rip the ball a little tighter and try to put a little extra torque on it yep. on his breaking pitch. Do you find yourself doing that? Uh, yeah, at, at times. You know, here, you know, you can get a the balls here when you get them, they're they're a little yeah. bit chalky, um, so they, they have a little more you know. God slickness forbid you put pine tar on your fingers. <laughs> yeah. Go to jail for that. Um, yeah, so you know, you, you got to do everything you can with you know sweat, rosin, saliva, whatever you can to make sure you know you got a solid grip on that baseball so you can you can execute a pitch. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I've t felt with some of these and they're like cue balls. Yeah, they are like cue balls. They are. And if you don't if you don't have something in which I mean I don't really want to get into the whole grip issue because it's just utter nonsense. I used to call it a, a solution when there wasn't a problem. Yeah. But nonetheless, you got to find a way to compensate for that. Yeah. You're not supposed to say saliva, <laughs> but that's old school. I mean, as as long as you uh, as long as the umpires yeah. see you wipe on your pants, you're, you're all good. It's, it's it shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. Talk about your season so far. Uh, it's been kind of a roller coaster for you a little bit. I think you've pitched better than your numbers would show. A lot of weak contact hits and stuff like that. But one thing you've always been really good at doing is, regardless of what the whip is, you you pitch better with trout with guys on base than most yeah. guys in the staff. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of been my mo. You know, my entire career in the big leagues of. Whenever I get into a situation, you know, I don't know if I go into like a, a deeper focus or, or anything like that. But you know, when with guys on base, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. Where it's like, all right, you you really need to lock in. You know, keep those guys from scoring and limit damage, and you know, get the guys off the infield and outfield to you know get them in and start hitting. Yeah, I mean, it takes three hits to score a run. So if you're not walking people and you get up two hits an inning. You're still going to be okay yeah. as long as those are two singles, it's even soft contact singles. Yeah, you know th th those soft contact singles—they're going to happen. You know, hits are going to happen. Stuff that you know, you, like the other night in the fifth inning, I executed four really good pitches, and all four of them were hit. Um, and you know, three of them were hit really hard. Uh, I mean, that's that's baseball. That's, that's going to happen. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen in, in big bunches like that. Hopefully, you know, it's you know once every couple innings. But you know, that stuff is going to happen. What are you most happy about this season so far? Um, I, I like that, you know, with this group of guys that we have, we got a lot of a lot of new faces, a um, uh, handful of young guys. We're starting to create our own culture, our own kind of identity, and, and we're starting to build off that. Um, I know the season obviously isn't where we want it to be right now, um, but a lot of baseball left. But, you know, it's, it's getting to that point where we need to start turning a corner and and, be, and becoming a team that wins on a consistent basis. I know at least on the pitching staff and maybe on the entire squad, they're looking at you as a leader now. Do you embrace that role? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was always taught from a young age, you know, lead by example one. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of good things will follow and, and guys will follow off that. Um, you know, being a leader of this staff, I, I have a lot of, you know, younger guys coming to me asking, asking me questions, whether it's baseball re related or not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an open book. My door's always open to, to talk to guys about whatever they need. This team, as you mentioned, a lot of young guys, a lot of new faces. Maybe this isn't the year, but obviously building towards the future. Um, you, do you take pride in that in that idea that this could be a really good team in a year or two? Absolutely, and that, that was that was one of the reasons that you know uh, 
I signed that extension is because, you know, I believe in Bill. I believe in what his vision is, what the front office vision is, and, you know, what my vision is as a team. You know, you always want to continue to move forward. You never want to regress. And I, I believe, you know, even though our season looks the way it is right now, we're, we're moving forward. We're having guys come up, starting to get comfortable in positions that they're in, um, starting to, you know, really get their feet wet and understand how to, how to be a big leaguer and how to have success at the big league level. What are your goals for the rest of the year? Uh, keep on winning. I'm be as consistent as I possibly can and, and leave this team in a position to win every five days. Right. Hey, he's the pride of Thomas Jefferson High School, Colorado native. The draft's coming up, but I know he's in favor of drafting some more high school kids or college kids from Colorado. Do you see any of those out there? Uh, I've, I, I've talked to Bill a little bit about it. Um, but, yeah, you know, Colorado's it's one of those states that, you know, over the past few years has started to turn and started to, you know, turn out more and more baseball players, which is, which is really good to see because, you know, I think it's kind of a sleeper state with baseball. Um, you know, as we've seen in the past, you know, myself, Lucas, Ty Block, and I mean, you can go to legends like Roy Holiday. You know, guys, guys who are from Colorado that have success, and there's a there's a handful of guys throughout the league who are from here that have you know created uh, good big league careers. So he's added assistant general manager, maybe not assistant general manager, but consultant to the general manager yeah. to his role. Kyle Freeland, thanks for giving us some time on the Park Absolutely. Adjusted Rockies podcast. Thanks, We're man. back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. When the Padres won the first game of a doubleheader against the Rockies at Petco Park on June 11th, in walk-off fashion thanks to a wild throw toward third base by catcher Elias Diaz, they were on the cusp of grabbing sole possession of first place in the National League West with two games to go against those same last-place Rockies. Meanwhile, the Dodgers were in the midst of being swept by the Giants in San Francisco. Things were looking great for San Diego. But then something strange happened. The Padres rookie phenom, Mackenzie Gore, who had a 1.50 ERA through his first nine starts of the season, got lit up by the Rockies in the nightcap of the twin bill, and the next day the Rockies again beat the Padres to prevent them from moving into the top spot in the division standings. And now, a week later, we're flabbergasted at what took place at Coors Field over the weekend. The Rockies swept the San Diego Padres to drop them from first place, which they had obtained by absolutely demolishing the Cubs in the prior series, scoring 41 runs over four games. Not only that, but the Padres have now lost 10 straight games at Coors. I mean, I mean, what? San Diego entered the day Sunday with a 68% chance of making the postseason. The Rockies? 0.1%. The Padres have been neck and neck with the Dodgers atop the division for nearly the last two months. The Rockies have been in last place in the division for nearly the last month. I asked Manny Machado and Jake Cronenworth about whether they might look back at these losses to the Rockies with stinging regret if they fall just short of winning the division when the dust settles in early October. Their answers were basically, yeah, but there's a lot of season left and we've had some bad luck the past couple of days. Sure, there were some bad luck on some well-hit balls and some tremendous defense from the Rockies. Where did that come from, by the way? And we're still in the season's first half. But perhaps the best way to sum up San Diego's inexplicable struggles against the Rockies is something Cronenworth said. Echoing an oft-repeated phrase of Rockies manager Bud Black, Cronenworth put it simply, That's baseball. Sometimes, 
That's the only explanation. And Manny closes it out. Our thanks to Rockies pitchers Ty Block, Lucas Gilbreth, and Kyle Freeland for helping us make a successful left-hand turn this week. Always great to catch up with the homegrown Rockies. That'll do it for this episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.